Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It's uh, hour number two of the Rob Carson Show, and there's uh, so much on the plate, it's not even funny. Actually, it will be funny, because uh, that's one of the things we like to do on the show. Uh, we are six days away from Election Day, the midterms in 2022. Right now, all of the, uh, all of the polling is uh, leaning toward Republicans, by and large, because people are tired of the crap that's going on in the country and the abuses and usurpations we've all been through and the financial hell and the COVID hell that the powers that be have put us through. And so uh, the Democrats see the writing on the wall, but Joe Biden is going to uh, do a speech tonight at 7 o'clock talking about uh, election deniers from 2020. And NBC is very concerned that voter IDs, uh, asking people for an ID to vote or verify who they are, will really impact transgendered individuals. Sure, yeah. So voter ID laws disproportionately impact trans people because trans people are more likely to have IDs without the name uh, that they go by. And the gen- Say, when you got this ID, were you a dude? Their marker that reflects how they present. And recent research... Why, yes, I was, but now I'm a woman. <clears throat> ...shows that just over 200,000 eligible trans voters in uh, 31 states that both conduct their elections mostly in person and... I mean, we just might as well cancel the election because of all the trans people who are going to be asked for an ID and the confusion that'll take place, which will not even take place. Require or request ID at the polls. Don't have IDs that reflect their gender identities and the names they go by. Well, you might want to do that then, because otherwise, you know, if it doesn't, I, uh, if your ID doesn't identify you, then maybe you need a new ID. Um, and, you know, the states that have the strictest voter ID law. And this isn't my problem. It's your problem. Are mostly concentrated in the South and Midwest. So you're, you know. Ah, oh, those rednecks from hell in the South and Midwest and all that stuff. Really? That's really. That's what you got. That's what you And I don't care if you tr- transgender. I really don't care. Do what you want to do. Just don't do it to a kid who's under 18 years old. <sighs> Republicans now favor to retake the Senate on November the 8th. Forecaster 538 predicted it on Tuesday for the first time since July. Since July. The uh, pollster appears to have uh, shifted the Nevada race in favor of Republicans. Nevada Republican Adam Laxalt challenging Democrat Senator uh, Catherine Cortez Musto. Looks like uh, Adam is out in front there. All right, let me see what else is going on here. Uh, Mike Lee appears uh, to be leading Evan McMullen, who looks a lot like uh, the, uh, what's that, the Will Ferrell character, uh, Megamind. He looks a lot like Megamind. Uh, it looks like he's leading, this, this is the first, I saw 10 points yesterday, 19 now, according to a new poll. Uh, OH uh, Predictive Insights released the poll, shows that uh, Lee leads McMullen uh, 53 to 34. He needs some minions. He needs to get some minions out there to steal some votes. Uh, let's see what else here. Oh, 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 this is pretty cool. Michigan's gubernatorial race between Governor Gretchen Whitner, who really needs a little powder, just a little powder on the forehead and the face. She always got this kind of sheen like a fry cook who's been working a 12-hour shift. Uh, anyway, uh, Gretchen Whitmer is uh, tied neck and neck uh, with Tudor Dixon, who just, I mean, just kind of kicks butt. She's awesome. Tied uh, one week out from Election Day. Believe it or not, people still want some more uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Or Gretchen Hitler, Hitmer, Hit, Lit, Litmus. Anyway, anyway, Democrat and Republicans are in the midst of a dead heat. 44.8% uh, who would support Nixon. 446 who say they want uh, some more uh, Whitmer action, I guess. So uh, there you go. Uh, and generally, these polls, if a Republican is ahead before the election, it means the Republican is much further ahead than the, you, than the poll shows. Because Republicans are never ahead before the polls, generally. 
because polls in this country are used to suppress the vote. They are suppression polls. There's no point in voting because there's no chance that your candidate is going to win if it's a Republican. In, in Minnesota, the day before the 2016 election, they were polling Hillary Clinton out in front by 17 points. And I think she won Minnesota by a couple points. But it, it goes all over the place. It's meant to dis, dishearten you. All of these things are meant to dishearten you or break you down or keep you from voting. It's not going to work because the determined will not be deterred. I just wrote that. I wrote that yesterday. The determined shall not be deterred. Senate Majority uh, Leader Chuck Schumer barely securing 50% in his reelection bid. He's running against uh, uh, Joe Pinion. Uh, and he is actually somebody I know, worked with him at uh, Newsmax, and uh, Joe's a pretty cool dude. He's one of the – when I was in, uh, in, in New York last year and I was at the, uh, the Newsmax facility, I met a lot of really cool people. Joe Pinion was, to me, outstanding. Crystal clear in all of his beliefs, more so than just about anybody I have spoken to in person. Nothing against the others. It's just there's something about him. He did a great job in the debate uh, earlier this week with or last weekend with uh, with uh, Schumer. And right now it looks like Joe is at about I think it's uh, 48 to to uh, like 38, so like a 10 point difference. Is Joe going to be able to pull this one out? Uh, you know who who knows? Who knows? I I would love it. We got him on the show on Friday. It's his first foray into politics. I think he's a very impressive individual. So we will have him on uh, on Friday. Uh, let me see what else here. Oh 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 oh! New Hampshire Republican Senate candidate Jennifer uh, G- General Don coolest name by the way running Bulldog Bulldog. I, I, it's like bulldog. I, I love that taking the lead for the first time over Democrat Senator Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire. We're getting ready to add a bunch of affiliates in New Hampshire, and I cannot wait to be uh, broadcasting across the entire state of New Hampshire. Uh, I've heard a lot of great things about New Hampshire. I've never been. I want to go. I want to go. Far-left Politico stopped juicing its generic tracking poll, apparently. Yeah, Politico's tracked likely voters in the generic ballot, and only now, one week before the election, are Democrats not in the lead. So that's not good. Yeah, yeah. So less than a month ago, the fake news outlet had Democrats up five. Throughout most of the month, Democrats up three. Now we're just seven days away from the actual votes being considered, uh, being counted. Politico gets in line with uh, GOP, says the GOP's out in front. CBS has the, G- the GOP up, which means if, if any of these, CBS, NBC, uh, BS in front of C, uh, PBS, if they show that Republicans are ahead by a point, it means Republicans are way out in front. So uh, CBS has the GP, uh, GOP up. NBC has the GOP up. I- USA Today has the uh, GOP up. Uh, Democracy Corps, which is a left-wing outlet, has the GOP up. And uh, just this week, Politico... Finally, uh, catches up with the Times and has the, uh, the GOP at least tying, if not slightly, ahead. Isn't that weird how that happens? But Hillary Clinton has it figured out. 
Hillary Clinton says that uh, the reason why is because people are ignorant. People who are voting Republican, people who don't think that the Democrats are doing a a great job are ill-informed rubes. If you have someone running who voted in the House, as the vast majority of the Republicans did, uh, to, you know, turn back the clock on women's rights, to turn back... No, no, we're just leaving abortion up to the states. It's not turning back any rights on women, by the way. And, and uh, by the way, there are a lot more uh, rights for women out there than just uh, uh, having an abortion, but that's the only thing Democrats care about. That and men identifying as women. Clock on Social Security and Medicare. Yeah, nobody's talking about that, uh, but I'm not holding my breath either. I'm a Gen Xer. I don't think either one of those is going to be around by the time I retire. Then why on earth would you vote for that person? Then why on earth is Joe Biden doing a speech about 2020 election deniers? So let's clear away the smoke and the noise and try... Oh, dear God, really? You're going to give us clarity? The woman who destroyed her servers and demanded her staff do the same thing and got $150 million from Russian oligarchs after signing off on the Uranium One deal? I mean, really? to focus on what's in your interest. You know... What's in your interest? Uh, look at the stats with regard to poverty. Look at the stats with regard to uh, inflation. Look at the stats with regard to fentanyl overdoses. I'm thinking that uh, uh, if you're going to vote against Democrats and the uh, the uh, Democrat agenda, that's going to be in your best interest. The Republicans have talked a lot about inflation. They've done nothing about it. It's president. Uh, we're not in charge, Junior. Biden, who God, I called her Junior. Where'd that come from? Has gone after you know corporate profits that uh, seem to be way out of whack, particularly for the energy, <laughs> particularly Pfizer uh, industry, the oil and gas companies. You know, it's President Biden who is trying very hard to inject new energy into. Well, well that's funny. Hold on a second, uh, Biden. Uh, uh, you know, nearly eighty-year-old dude who's uh, and nothing against eighty-year-old. My mother was ninety-one. She passed away a year and a half ago. Just sharp as a tack. Uh, this guy's brain just doesn't work. You know, it's President Biden who is trying very hard to inject new energy into our economy, and it's working. Uh, That would be like putting old batteries into the Energizer Bunny. You know, here in New York, where I'm talking to you from, two huge announcements that were in many ways... Oh, are you talking about Kathy Hochul's down-behind Lee Zeldin in the polling? ...promoted because the Congress, the Democrats, finally passed... You're talking about all the people leaving New York going to Florida because New York kind of sucks under Democrat rule? Something called the Inflation Reduction Act. So, yeah, the Inflation Reduction Act wasn't about reducing inflation. Otherwise, it would have reduced inflation by now. It had everything to do with new Green Deal payoffs and hiring 85,000 IRS agents, you doofus. The Republicans talk a good game, but they rarely do anything other than try. Oh, they did a great job when Donald Trump was a president. That take away your freedoms. You know, like what? Undermine the quality of our life. Like like what? I think uh, you guys, their economic policy has certainly done that. Make our political discourse violent. We're not the ones who are threatening violence, but Democrats have been doing it and actually committing acts of violence since Inauguration Day, the first term of uh, Donald Trump. Instead of bringing people together... Why reward that behavior? You have a chance between now and next Tuesday to, to further the hell, uh, the handbasket to hell. To actually, speed up the handbasket to hell by voting for uh, for Democrats. Let's go to Dwayne in Dallas, Texas. How you doing there, Dwayne? Welcome to the show. Hello, Rob. Uh, first of all, we are going to see the biggest election denier season in a week when all the Democrats say the election was stolen. Of course. So that's going to be the biggest election desire season. Yes, yes. Because these polls, as you mentioned, Byron York did a story on this. 
the point, he reviewed the polls, and uh, I believe it was 16, 18, and 20. And he did an analysis, and Republicans were undercounted by about 6 to 8 percent. Of course. So if you see a Republican tie, nope, that Republican's really up by about 6. I wouldn't doubt that, Dwayne, but it, it still doesn't uh, mean that we, we can be less determined than we are. Uh, are you voting in person this year, my brother? Well, I'm disabled, so I'm, I'm actually oh. going to be, I have to do the ballot by mail, but I'm actually going to try to do it in person. All right, I want to do it election day, you know, well, because it's election day, not election season. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, brother. Have a glorious day. I love Dallas, by the way. Love me some Dallas. Love me some Tejas. Absolutely awesome. All right, so coming up, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kathy Hochul is behind in the polls, so uh, the Democrat Party thinks sending Kamala Harris there is going to help her out. I'm not so sure. Not so sure. Also, uh, I want to get into this uh, this, uh, Atlantic article, Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty. So not only are the Democrats uh, focusing on the election denial. Uh, Not only are the Democrats uh, saying that we need to uh, move off, you know, uh, all of the uh, misgivings of the Democrat Party. Now they're saying that uh, all of the abuses that we suffered because of pandemic COVID dictators should be forgiven. Uh, This story really took off yesterday, and we'll, uh, we'll get into that in just a second. This is the Rob Carson Show. impeached our president twice for nothing. The truth is simple, and it's right before our eyes. They raided his home. I don't know what to be concerned about. No one, no one seems to. And they call us extremists and fascists for supporting him. Yeah, we're done with all that. It's the Rob Carson Show. So the headline in Breitbart today is uh, President Joe Biden plans to deliver another fervent warning tonight about Republicans and the threat they pose to the future of democracy in the United States. So it's kind of strange because all of the uh, violent rhetoric is coming from the uh, left in this country. Uh, They tried to pin this uh, attack on uh, Paul Pelosi by an insane person on MAGA Republicans. Nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, literally, they're coming up with stuff that is just uh, laughable. Uh, Paul Pelosi's attacker planned a suicide mission, had a list of other politicians he wanted to kill, apparently was completely awash in conspiracies, MAGA, Pizzagate, stolen election. Uh, They're really trying to paint Republicans. Republicans as uh, far uh, right uh, wackos. They always have, and none of this stuff is caught on anywhere, by the way. So, uh, meanwhile, a landscaper who employed uh, this guy who attacked Paul Pelosi in the years leading up to the attack revealed that, uh, oh, he'd become involved in right wing conspiracies. This is a guy who he worked with as a landscaper. Nobody else has said that. Uh, what they've noticed is that he was living in a van down by the river, and he had a bunch of left-wing uh, uh, bumper stickers and uh, flags and stuff in his house. He's a big supporter of BLM and all of this stuff. So uh, this is your president of the United States trying to blame something on, uh, on us that doesn't exist, trying to distract from the destruction of the country, and I think also trying to distract from the coming apocalypse, uh, apocalypse for Democrats. Not only in the election, but also what is coming uh, after. By the way, if you haven't heard it, this is our uh, our uh, uh, theme song with regard to the incident at the Pelosi's home. This is not about Paul Pelosi at all. Don't get me wrong. We wouldn't make fun of something like that because it's not funny. But uh, what we make fun of is all the questions. 
like the fact that, uh, you know, third in line for the presidency and uh, no alarms went off at the uh, residence. Now, normally, neighbors around uh, the Pelosi say there are a fleet of vehicles there all the time. All the time. The police are always there. Oh, in fact, the neighbors even when, uh, like earlier, uh, when, when Joe Biden became the president, their, their, uh, their uh, computer, uh, uh, they lost ability to use their computer for days because uh, the, uh, you know, Secret Service and others were involved in the neighborhood making sure that everything was secure. And so uh, apparently that affected the ability of people to work on there online when they live near the Pelosi. So it would make no sense. It makes no sense that uh, there were no alarms. There was no, uh, I mean, honestly, I had my house broken into in Maryland, and uh, I was dropping my daughter off at daycare, and I get a call from, uh, you know, the uh, the alarm company. They're like, hey, somebody's breaking into your house. And by the time I arrived, the police were already there. So there's that. There's that. This is Jim Gossett, by the way. If he had a hammer... Where's the footage from the evening? I don't, I don't know. Where's the footage from the break-in? No body cams? Committed by this man. No CCT. Why was he wearing undies? I don't know. Could there have been a third man? Who knows? Why did Paul call him a friend if he didn't? No, no. No, no, this man. It's kind of weird, right? When Paul got arrested. Uh-huh. They say someone was with him. They did. Could this be the same guy who lives in a van? Oh, he's a magazine. The timing is suspicious. Lived in Berkeley, magazine. Right before the midterms. Sure. The official story no one's buying. I'm not. All over this land. Because they lie to us about everything. When an attack happens. Yeah. To someone on our side. Grandpa. You never hear a damn thing. All over this land. The assault on Lee Zeldin. Yeah, there was that. The Rubio door knocker. Forgot about that. Or what about the crazy next door neighbor who almost killed Ren? There was that. Yeah, he had like six broken ribs and that just kind of went away. But, uh,. I don't know. You know, again, I, I uh, wish uh, Paul Pelosi the best. He's an older gentleman, and he was attacked by this guy with a hammer. It's terrifying. And I, I mean that in all sincerity, 100%. But uh, I don't know. When, you, when suddenly cameras aren't working, uh, okay, let me see. Nancy Pelosi's been charged of two buildings uh, where there were high-value targets, political targets, uh, was in control of the security. Uh, security completely uh, failed both, both times. Uh, people were able to get in fairly easily. And uh, and suddenly there's no uh, there's no uh, surveillance camera footage at all. Kind of weird. Happened on January the sixth. Happened here in uh, in San Francisco in uh, the Pacific Heights neighborhood, where homes cost in the millions. I've never even been in a two million, three hundred million, five hundred, whatever the hell the house is worth. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris is going to uh, join Kathy Hochul in New York, and so is Hillary Clinton. By the way, as a last ditch effort to try to move the needle with regard to Kathy Hochul. Um, really. Is that a good idea? You notice that uh, uh, Joe Biden is being steered clear of most campaign rallies because um, he's very unpopular right now. Uh, I can't imagine that Hillary Clinton is uh, much better, and I can't imagine that uh, Kamala Harris is much better than that. In fact, her approval ratings are lower than uh, Joe Biden's in a lot of polls. So what kind of sense does that make? It's kind of weird, kind of weird. All right, so coming up, uh, we're going to put a lot of this... uh 
polling data into perspective, we have somebody who's uh, very, very well-versed in it. Mark Meckler, the president of Convention of States, is going to be talking to us about voter sentiment spelling defeat for Democrats after this break. Don't go anywhere. His first grade teacher said he talked out of turn. Worse after he's missed a day. Well, things haven't changed. It's the Rob Carson Show. Biden to make a speech tonight on the dangers uh, to democracy at Union Station in Washington, D.C., which just happens to be a crime hotspot now, thanks to Democrat policies and a bad mayor. president will address election deniers and undermining the, uh, the faith in voting at the venue where safety concerns are soaring. Well, uh, the only people who are really concerned about uh, faith in voting are uh, conservatives because there's been so much election theft and bullcrap. You see, and, uh, and and honestly, when you look at other headlines, why is the uh, president of the United States not talking about uh, nearly one in five Americans who have skipped mails or do not buy groceries due to uh, surging inflations? Inflation, I should say, uh, including 28 percent of Gen Z. Well, there's that. There's that. Uh, 71 percent of voters say the economy is either uh, fairly or unfairly up 49 points under Democrat rule. So uh, uh, 45% said the economy is very bad. 26% said it's very, uh, 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 fairly bad for a total of 71%. Why is he not covering that tonight? Why is he covering uh, the 2020 election? Why is he talking about uh, election insecurity? Because maybe they're going to blame uh, the, the curb stopping that the Democrats are going to take on Tuesday. They're going to blame election fraud, I guess. I thought that that was, uh, that was verboten. You, can't, uh, you cannot uh, question the elections. It's kind of weird. Homebuyers trying to escape big cities as inflation rates uh, in uh, President Joe Biden's America hurts uh, citizens financially. Most home buyers look to leave San Francisco than any other major metro, followed by Los Angeles, New York, Washington, D.C., and Boston. It's according to Redfin, by the way. I wouldn't want to live in any of those cities, to be quite honest. Lived in Washington, D.C., wouldn't want to live there right now. Glad I got out of Maryland when I did because of the COVID insanity that happened and other, and other things that are going on. And, and also uh, what has happened under Democrat rule with the city of Baltimore, Baltimore glorious town. I always loved Baltimore more than D.C. while I lived in the D.C. area. It's just something about Baltimore. I loved it. I didn't love it. But I don't know. That's what the president's going to talk about tonight. And uh, nobody's going to watch because they're more concerned about feeding themselves and paying their bills, and they're concerned about the uh, rising cost of uh, heating their homes. It's going to be extraordinary. In the Northeast, uh, people are literally, they don't know how they're going to fill up their fuel oil tanks because the uh, price has gone up through, uh, through the ceiling. And generally, when you got fuel oil, you know, you can, you can have it delivered and then, you know, uh, uh, I guess uh, put your bill, pay your bill off over the year, you know, like they do, that even billing thing they do. But even that going to help. They're not going to help this year. And then there's a coming diesel shortage. So, uh, you know, there you go. Let the president focus on that, whatever. So this uh, article from Emily Oster in the, uh, the Atlantic, I brought this up yesterday. It was all over the news yesterday. And, and I'm very, very, very glad that people have reacted in the same way that I have. The, uh, the article's called Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty. This is like Joe Biden before the election 
seeing the polling. And so he wants to do a speech tonight about the 2020 election and about uh, concerns about voter uh, fraud, I guess. Trying to get out in front of it, I guess. Because it's worth it to use as an excuse for when the Republicans take over both houses of Congress. That said, this article by Emily Oster says, we need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. Well, no, you wouldn't be in the dark about COVID if you did your research. And, and you actually looked outside of, uh, of the mainstream media and big social media that literally shut down the free discussion of everything from pro- prophylaxis, which regard to uh, COVID, to the treatment for COVID, to uh, questioning the vaccine for COVID. I could go on and on. Uh, there were many people who were kept in the dark about COVID because the government and big social media colluded to keep you in the dark about it. In April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. Once when uh, another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, another uh, hiker yelled, social distancing! These precautions were totally misguided. See, I called them misguided like uh, the day they were instated. At a grocery store, this jackweed was standing in front of me with a mask on, and he said, you're you're too close. And I said, oh, look, I'm five feet away from you. You're going to die. Oh, and I took a step back and said, oh, no, wait, I'm six feet away. You're going to live. I mean, I did that, and and people will laugh me kind of smiled. It was pretty cool. Uh, Anyway, uh, in April 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Duh. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks were made out of old bananas. uh, uh, I don't know, bandanas, I should say. Wouldn't have done anything. But the thing is, we didn't know. No, we did. We did. I I said that if you you think that uh, a cloth mask is going to stop you from getting a, 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 you know, pandemic virus, then uh, then you probably believe that a uh, a cowboy hat would protect you if you went scuba diving. You wouldn't even need the breathing apparatus. That's the kind of sense that it made. It was all nonsense. And anybody who's paying attention would know this. All you have to do is, what I did is I drove by the hospital right near my house, one of the biggest hospitals in Johnson County, never had overflow crowds in the emergency room. Not, Not at all. And, and also, uh, I noticed that liquor stores stayed open and car dealerships where I work stayed open and nobody at my car dealership got sick. I think one guy is like 34, tested positive, didn't really have any major issues. Nobody died. My daughter goes to a school. 2,600 people are employed or, or go to school at her high school. Nobody died. I thought this was the worst pandemic in the history of mankind. Shouldn't there be body pits behind Walmart? Shouldn't there be body pits? And shouldn't there be class action lawsuits against Lowe's and Home Depot for staying open? <clears throat> well, why did Anthony Fauci say you got to wear a mask and maintain social distancing because it was the worst pandemic in the history of mankind? And he goes out and throws a pitch at a Nationals game, literally the height of the pandemic, and sits right next to his buddies not wearing a mask in the stands. Why did Nancy Pelosi shut down her state? She was down with every salon in the state shut down, and yet this 80-year-old woman at the time went and got her hair done in a salon without a mask on. <clears throat> why did the governor of California... In the height of the pandemic, shut down every restaurant in the state of California and then go to the French Laundry in the height of the pandemic and hang out for hours with his best buddies, running up a bar tab of, I think it was like $1,000 a person. Seriously, at the French Laundry. Why all that stuff, guys? Why all that stuff? It's because uh, the government tried to play us. And, And I don't blame a lot of people. 
because you were shut out. And, and I didn't have a nationally syndicated show when this started. But I've been saying it from the get-go. None of this stuff adds up. So as far as uh, uh, declaring a pandemic amnesty and forgiving people who put us through the hell, like uh, the fact that our, uh, you know, our kids have been destroyed, COVID school closures have shown that school children slipped six months behind in math, students in poorest areas now two and a half years behind. We all know that this was nonsense. We knew it halfway through because states like Florida and South Dakota stayed open. And guess what? Nothing happened. Everybody didn't die, in other words. It's all ridiculous. So as far as forgive and forget, no, 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 no. There's no forgive and forget. That would be like saying uh, Nuremberg trials. We don't need those Nuremberg trials. Our past is behind us. Let's leave it alone. Oh, you're making a comparison to Nazi Germany. No, I'm just saying that there need to be there needs to be some accountability for all of the bull crap that people who are supposed to be ir- uh, responsible and in charge uh, put us through. And anybody with any comments, why did the uh, you know medical community? The medical community, uh, anybody who said anything about treating uh, the virus differently than the government, the whole deal, they were shut down, absolutely shut down. And we find out the DHS was collaborating with big social media, literally allowing government bureaucrats to censor posts on Twitter and Facebook, particularly about COVID. So I'm not ready to forgive and forget, not one little bit, not at all. I am told that Mark Meckler of Convention of States is on the phone better than uh, late than never on the Newsmax Highline. Mark, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show. Oh, good to be with you. Sorry about the vagaries of Skype there. Well, what is your problem, mister? Gosh, you know what? Your poll numbers just went down in my house, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, so well, let's talk... We'll pull that next week, Rob. P- please do. Please do. Um, the President of the United States, uh, right now the, the uh, polling data shows that people are concerned about inflation and crime, but he's going to go give a speech tonight about uh, election denial from 2020. Uh, what the hell kind of sense does that make? Why do you suppose he is doing that? And then we'll get into some of the recent polling data about the races. Yeah, look, I think the, the main reason that he's doing it is because somebody's going to put it on the teleprompter in front of him and give him a cup of pudding <laughs> as a reward for reading it. Yeah. <laughs> i got to be honest, I don't, I, and I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious, but I don't think he has any idea what he's talking about. But I think what you have is a bunch of kids and miscreants running the administration. Yeah. They're pandering to the far left of their base. They've got nothing else left. They've lost the middle. And if they tried to pivot towards the middle, what would happen is they would lose the far left of their base, which is all they've got. So they are in a blind alley with nowhere to turn at this point. Now, we look at uh, a good deal of the polling around the country is showing that Republicans are uh, pulling away. Carrie Lake now ahead by 11 points. We see that it's a toss-up in, in uh, states like uh, Michigan with regard to uh, the governorship. Also, New York, by the way, it looks like Lee Zeldin is out in front. I've had a lot of people say, yeah, but, you know, in polls, generally, Republicans are underrepresented. And generally, you know as well as I do, polling data is meant to uh, keep people from voting. There's no chance of Republicans winning. That's why Democrats are always out in front. So it says to me, if Republicans are uh, ahead or neck and neck, that chances are Republicans are way out in front. What are your thoughts on that, Mark? Yeah, I think that's true. You know, we work with, on our polls with Robert Cahaley, who's America's most yes. accurate pollster. And yep. he's describing something this year that he's never seen before. Previously, he talked about the shy Trump voter, the shy Republican voter, didn't really want to say who they were voting for. This year, he says there's a new phenomenon. He calls it the submerged voter. 
what he's saying is literally people just won't answer polls. They're literally yeah. afraid of the FBI. And he's getting calls well, from people and texts from people saying, hey, we got one of your polls. Is it really you? We're worried it's the FBI. We're worried it's people who are trying to censor us and figure wow. out what we think. Wow. So he says he believes there's a minimum two to three point swing in favor of Republicans represented in the submerged voter. And then just generally speaking, Republicans are underrepresented in this stuff. So I think we're looking at somewhere between a, a two and a five point swing that can't be seen in the poll. So that would mean that, uh, uh, for instance, I'm looking at the UK Daily Mail, which is a gift from God, by the way. It's like opening a Christmas package every day. Uh, absolutely love it. They're saying that uh, 54 uh, in the Senate, and uh, they're going to add, I'm trying to think here, uh, well over 30 in the House. What What are your predictions? What do you think is going to happen? I mean, in the House, it looks like uh, uh, Republicans are going to do quite well, but, uh, but what are you seeing as far as the Senate is concerned? Yeah, so, I mean, I agree with that. In the House, I'd say a minimum of 30 could be upwards of 40. A lot of things are now tossed up or just lean them that should be solidly them. So we're going to see a huge swing there. In the Senate, I'm saying a minimum of two-seat pickup, but I don't think 54, 55 is unreasonable to yeah. think the Republicans are in up there. This is a blowout. And then on top of that, you've got governor's races. You've got the Hochul-Zeldin race. Looks like Zeldin might be pulling away here. At the last minute in New York, you've got the yeah. Oregon governor's race is going to go to the Republican. That looks like a done deal. I, there's a lot of stuff going on all over the country in governor's races. Also in Senate races that I couldn't believe, I think there's a good chance Tiffany Smiley beats Patty Murray yeah. in Washington State. I think yeah. General Balduck beats uh, Hassan in, up in the Northeast. So I think there's just a lot of wild stuff going on in this. What country. do you think about uh, Kelly Chewbacca in Alaska over Lisa Murkowski? Look, I think that's just so hard to predict. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds funny, but this ranked choice voting thing. I know. I, I'm going to say something really funny, Rob, but it's the truth. I don't understand it. No, and neither do I. Who can actually explain it to me in a simple way? And I've been trying for years, and I can tell you, we can't poll it because yeah. up in Alaska, the people who are voting don't understand how it works. This is a super dangerous thing. Yep. They're going to try and get all over the country to do it, and we have to oppose it because nobody even understands how it works. Exactly. It's nonsense. Mark, can you hold on a second? We've got to take a break. I want to keep you for the second yeah. segment because we're running a little late. Mark Meckler, Convention of States, uh, will be back with us in just a second talking about polling with regard to the midterms. Uh, don't go anywhere. It's a Rob Carson show. SS by Tanix set sail on January 20th, 2021. Now she's taking on water in a big way. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. Mark Meckler, the president of Convention of States, who uh, works uh, hand-in-hand with the Trafalgar, Trafalgar Group, I should say, <clears throat> to create uh, the most uh, uh, accurate polling in the country with regard to... Uh, Everything, essentially. And uh, the latest says voter sentiment spells defeat for Democrats in the midterms. Uh, Mark, I want to ask you before we dive back into that, you were at uh, Matt Walsh's big uh, rally against uh, child uh, sexual uh, mutilation. Uh, How did that go in Nashville, by the way? (laughs) You know, I want to say it was a life highlight. It was an incredible experience. About 3,500 people showed up at the rally to end childhood mutilation. This is to get the Tennessee legislature to ban any of this insanity, removing yeah. kids' genitals, removing their breasts, chemically castrating them. We're trying to ban that for anybody under 18. We should do that nationally. Of course. And so there are probably 3,500 people there. I would say about 3,000, maybe 3,200 of them were in favor of banning this stuff. There are a few hundred crazies there. 
Uh, I'll yeah. give you a link. I got some incredible footage. I went out into the crowd. The crazy people were hostile, vicious, wow. openly armed. Antifa was all over the place. The black block wow. was there. They were very threatening. I got some amazing video. And yet Joe Biden is going to deliver a speech tonight saying that MAGA Republicans are violent. That's uh, <clears throat> that's hilarious. Uh, you should just do a poll on, do you think Democrat policies right now are bat guano crazy? I think that would be, just you know, ask about all of the nonsense, the open border with fentanyl, the uh, transgender nonsense, CRT, sexualization of our children, all of that. And I think about 8 in 10, in fact, I'd say 9 in 10 would say, yeah, uh, uh, people uh, think that you're absolutely freaking nuts. Um, let me ask you about this because uh, this is near and near to me, and uh, Doug Mastriano is running for governor in the state of Pennsylvania. A lot of people aren't giving a snowball's chance in hell. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. It sounds like Fetterman is uh, uh, neck and neck or falling behind Mehmet Oz. What do you think about Mastriano with regard to beating Josh Shapiro in, uh, in Pennsylvania? Look, I think Mastriano is a good candidate. He's run a very unorthodox campaign, but he's run my kind of campaign, which means he's all over the state actually yeah. talking to real people. His yeah. rallies are act with enthusiastic people. I mean, it actually has kind of the feeling of a Trump rally. Yeah. The, the real problem with Doug Mastriano is he pissed off the establishment, and they made sure that he got no money. I mean, he's yeah. literally had money to run this campaign. If he had had the normal money for in a Pennsylvania governor's race, I have no doubt he'd be ahead right now. So just like with Mitch McConnell in the United States Senate, who didn't want to fund any of the real conservatives, we have the establishment to blame for what's happening yeah. to Doug Mastriano. And I would say... There's still a chance he's going to pull it off. I think he's getting close. I think there's enough enthusiasm yeah. that he's generated. Certainly his base is far more enthusiastic. So I think there's a chance that he still wins this race. But if he doesn't, we can blame not the Democrats, but the Republican establishment. I'm not giving up on him. I'm not giving him up on him. I mean, I look at Josh Shapiro. He will be a nightmare for the state of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is already living through a nightmare with uh, the crime wave that has been uh, ushered in under his leadership. It's uh, ridiculous. Uh, also, no, there's no, uh, uh, almost no national um, publicity be given to uh, Dan Cox in the state of Maryland. Uh, they're saying it's a, it's a done deal. Wes Moore is going to win this one. Uh, but I know that uh, uh, big fat rhinos, oh, did, I, did I let that slip? Like Larry Hogan <clears throat> have done nothing for him as well. What do you think about there? Is that going to be a blowout? Yeah, I think that's going to be a blowout, uh, unfortunately. That's not a good one on the radar. But look, I, there's so much positive stuff around the country. I know, I know, bro. Positive stuff. You look at New Hampshire, you have General Balduck, who Mitch McConnell yes. refused to support. Rick Scott stepped in with the NRSC and supported him. He's, yep. I think he's going to beat Maggie Hassan. Right. Uh, you go out to Washington State, just deep blue Washington. It looks like there's a decent chance right now that Patty Murray is going to yes. lose to Tiffany Smiley. Uh, you look at what's going on in, in Michigan. Uh, I think that's an incredible race. So I think Tudor Dixon could pull this out against yes. Governor Whitless. I agree. I think there's a lot of stuff to be positive about right now. All right, Mark, I know you're really busy. I want to uh, thank you for being on the uh, show today. Mark Meckler, uh, President of Convention of States. Conventionofstates.com is absolutely awesome. Uh, Mark, would you like to steer anybody else to your social media? Yeah, you can follow me personally at just markmeckler.com, and that's where you get the more personal insights and and stuff that's going on as I travel around the country. All right, bro. I'm, I'm optimistic. I think bigger things that we could possibly imagine are going to happen on Tuesday. And I hope to talk to you maybe if you get some time next week, okay? Absolutely. Sounds great, Rob. Thanks. All right, let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. 
is our response, The Rob Carson Show. It's a Thursday edition of The Rob Carson Show, and we've got five days until Election Day. Welcome to it, kids. There is uh, a lot on the plate today, including another hateful speech last night by a, a senile president. We will get to that uh, very shortly, and I know that your hackles were up if you had a chance to see any of it. I, I don't think anybody watched it in real time. Nobody pays attention to Joe Biden, but there certainly was a lot of talk about it last night. <clears throat> and there was uh, one big question for you and me that I think stood out above all else. And that is a question of election integrity and if the Democrat Party is going to attempt to steal this midterm. Because there was plenty of uh, hinting that uh, Joe Biden and uh, Karine Jean-Pierre are saying that Republicans, if Democrats win, which, I mean, is ungodly unlikely right now, and it would be scandalous if they were able to uh, win uh, because uh, the Democrat Party has completely screwed up the country and people are really pissed. And every bellwether, every poll, even if it isn't about a direct, you know, it, it, uh, General Bulldog versus uh, Hassan, uh, you know, none of that matters. Uh, because there are other polls that say 80% of the people in the country feel the country is going in the wrong direction. 70% of the uh, people in the country feel the country is going in the wrong direction. You've got uh, ungodly things happening with regard to the economy. 29 million U.S. households already cannot afford to pay their bills, buying fewer groceries, barely able to keep the lights on. And uh, they're focusing on this. They're focusing on, uh, oh, yeah, the uh, election's better. You know, the Republicans better accept the results. Why? Why? Why is this? Why the speech last night? Why in the hell did the speech happen last night? And he, and he, took, the, uh, he took the gloves off again last night. He delivered that awful speech in front of Constitution Hall in Philadelphia a couple uh, weeks ago, a couple months ago. And it was uh, bat guano crazy, leftist, uh, totalitarian, dictatorial in its, uh, in its language. And last night was no different. And you're concerned about this election being stolen. I don't blame you. Because they did it the last one. And because what's happening in Brazil. Oh, you can't say that about Brazil. Oh, hell yeah, I can say that about Brazil. Because uh, conservatives won down ticket in Brazil. And the conservative ruler of the country lost by a fraction. Just a little. Like one percentage point. The same thing happened here in 2020. And you know what else happened? Here, in 2020, as people hit the streets, as people went out, as people got on social media to say, hey, man, there's something wrong here. This should not have happened because they stopped vote counting at, uh, at uh, the same time in five battleground states. And, and uh, there was a water main break in Georgia that shut down the vote camp. You find out that that never happened. You find out in places like, uh, like Pennsylvania that nursing homes had 100% voter turnout, even though most of the people in those nursing homes aren't able to vote at all. Even relatives were interviewed about that. Yeah, my mom has been able to talk for years, hasn't been able to understand that I'm even in the room, and somehow she voted for Joe Biden. And then you've got a half a billion dollars for Mark Zuckerberg and Zucker boxes, and you've got 2,000 mules, and you've got cell phone pinging data that showed thousands of mules taking Democrat votes in mass to drop boxes, dropping them off, dropping, taking their rubber gloves off, throwing them in the trash, going back to campaign headquarters, getting some more uh, ballots to do the same damn thing. You're crazy. That's conspiracy theory. No, it's not, because the FBI used the same cell-pinging data to go after those who went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th to protest 
all of the improprieties with regard to the 2020 election. We know that that, uh, that group on Capitol Hill were infiltrated at least by the FBI. And according to Newsweek, 1,400 other uh, left-leaning groups were in the, uh, in the crowd. Even MSNBC, Rachel Madcow, uh, back in January 2020 said, oh, yeah, these weren't Trump supporters. Everybody's still watching the speech. There are already people there trying to break in. And, and uh, in case you didn't know, uh, Trump supporters never wear flak helmets and uh, bulletproof vests and bring grappling hooks and bear mace. No, that usually is reserved, and it has been reserved exclusively for leftists like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. <clears throat> so you're worried about this election. I am too. But here's the difference. In 2020, the Democrat Party was able to get Joe Biden elected. They were able to cheat his way into the White House. They weren't able to do anything about down ticket because there was too much going on. Too many candidates, too much to coordinate, too much evidence left behind. And we don't have a presidential election this time, although it is a mandate with regard to Joe Biden. So do I think that the Democrat Party would be able to pull off all of the upsets that it wants to? To maintain power? I don't know. Because I don't think evil like they do. And yes, I consider election theft to be evil. I really do. So we're going to get to uh, a lot of uh, the speech last night. Get your thoughts as well. I'd like to hear what you think about it. And, uh, and then we'll take it from there. But we know that every bellwether out there says crime is up, borders open, fentanyl ODs, uh, uh, out-of-control spending. Uh, You've got uh, inflation at a 40-year high. Most of my listeners, I mean, I'd say about half of my listeners are over 40, about half, now two-thirds over 40 and one-third under 40. And so for many people, uh, one-third of my audience, they're not familiar with what happened back in the 1970s with Jimmy Carter haven't been on the planet long enough to see the kind of inflation that was caused by the idiocy of Jimmy Carter. But at least Jimmy Carter wasn't a puppet. At least Jimmy Carter wasn't mentally infirmed so badly that uh, the left can control his every move, his speeches, his executive orders, etc., so we'll get into that, and uh, and again, we'll take your phone calls. We'd love to hear from you at uh, 1-800-922-6680 on the Rob Carson Show. But first, I think we need a little musical interlude about the coming bloodbath for Democrats. Jim Gossett, ladies and gentlemen. Look at the polls. The Dems are really worried. They should be. They'll lose the House and Senate and go down to defeat. That's so mean. They'll try their same old tricks with phony mail-in ballots. They don't know how to govern, but they sure know how to cheat. November 8th. Don't count your chickens, make sure that you vote. Take your phone with you too, by the way, and vote in person. All liberals win, and that will be all that she wrote. We're not going to let that happen, are we? November 8th, it could be independent. 
November 8th. Big finish. We'll vote in leaders who'll stand up to Joe and tell the turtle Mitch McConnell time to go. Back to the swamp. November 8th, it could be Independence Day. Come on now. And the thing is, uh, the, the crazy thing is, there are a lot of Democrats who are going to be voting uh, Republican or just sitting this one out because they see all of the abuses and usurpations. I know even Democrats, it's crazy because, you know, Democrats, even some of them, I'm not saying a lot of them, but a good deal of Democrats actually love the country still. And, and here's the thing. Right now you're seeing the culmination of the class of 1968, the moist dream of the class of 1968. They got a president in to the White House that they is pliable. His brain don't work. They're, they're, they're all in. They've laid their cards on the table. They are all in. And the one thing that they weren't able to do, which is the foundation of their Marxist takeover of the country and their destruction of the country. Barack Obama said he wanted to fundamentally change America. Duh. What do you think he was talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Pay attention. But the one thing they didn't expect is that we don't hate America. Most of us stand during the National Anthem. Most of us look at people who sit during the National Anthem and they go, you need to stand. A lot of people died so we could be here, so you could be enjoying this football game or this baseball game. So stand up. Show your respect. You live here. You're a citizen. You are protected in its sovereign borders, which were sovereign, sovereign before this jackass became the president. We also are not against erasing our history. We also think that uh, uh, George Floyd's death, while tragic, wasn't a reason to overhaul everything, to tear down statues, our history, get rid of Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. Are you out of your freaking minds? We love the country. We feel blessed to be, have been born here. There's no other place we'd rather live. Maybe, maybe some will. Why don't liberals, when they lose an election, move to Canada? Why the hell not? So, we don't hate America. Most of us don't. But the 10% of Americans who do and have been guiding this insane narrative for the last few years, they're going down in flames. I'm going to take a break. We've got James from Albuquerque on the phone. You'll be up first, my friend. I've got a lot of uh, information on the economy. Uh, we've also got some great uh, events that happened with regard to, uh, you know, debates and, uh, and uh, audio uh, about Democrat candidates doing a face plan. And then, of course, we'll get to uh, Uncle Joe's awful speech last night where he actually, I, I'm not sure if he did better than Philadelphia, but it was right up there. But uh, we'll get to all of that and your phone calls at 800-922-6680. This is the Thursday edition of the Rob Carson Show. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com this is really kind of epic and it's ref 
what's reflected in this poll is reflected in the conversations that I have had in traveling to, I believe it was five different... This is CNN, by the way, talking about traveling around the country and what really, really means uh, something to the American people, and that is the economy is in tatters. Dates since Labor Day, talking to voters. Democrats, Republicans, independents, they are feeling the economic pain. Wait a minute, I'm not hearing any mega Republicans in there trying to steal the vote or anything. It sounds like most Americans, even Democrats, think that Democrats have really bleeped things up. And they want to hear solutions uh, from their leaders and that's in some respects. In other respects, they just want to take out their anger on somebody. And How about just uh, be able to live their lives? How about be able to enjoy freedom in this country? How about being able to, w to live the American dream? How about that? How about being able to keep your damn lights on this winter? How about that? How about having a home loan you can afford? How about being able to own a home? And the best way to do that is with the greatest thing that we have as Americans, which is our vote. Yes, and we're going to do it. And I'm going to tell you, I, I, hearing from everybody around the country, they're waiting. They're waiting. They're going to either be voting in person ahead a little bit, but most are going to be going on Election Day. I'm going on Election Day. I'm bringing my ID because, you know, they asked for an ID here, which is great. I'd bring it anyway. Hell, I might even, if, if there's no required ID, I might bring my birth certificate. I might bring an electric bill and my ID. Just lay it there. I know you don't need to see it. Yeah, but I want to show you I'm who I am. Because my vote is sacred to me. It's why I live here. It's everything to me. My ability to vote. My ability to f express myself. My ability to be able to determine my own destiny. My ability to be able to protect myself and my family. Those are all guaranteed by our Constitution and by God in heaven. I am going to vote against those who would say otherwise. Go to uh, James in Albuquerque. James, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. You are the first caller of the day, so this had better be good. No pressure. Okay. Uh, that means I'm number one today. <laughs> yes, sir, you are. Go ahead. What's up, man? Hey, look. Uh, so Sebastian Gorka asked uh, Matt Schlapp the other day, how are you guys going to make changes with McConnell and McCarthy still in charge for the Republicans? Okay. No answer. Didn't answer the question. Danced around the question. I believe that when the Republicans get power, uh, they always screw everything up, and it always goes back to the Democrats. And for instance, Pauli in '24 is what I'm saying. I know. But you got Tom Cotton that's saying we're going to still support Ukraine. Okay, so there's there's one policy that's not going to change. So I believe these Republicans are going to continue with these crappy uh, policies that the Democrats have in place. I don't like that. The people don't like that. This is Afghanistan all over again, yeah. except for no boots on the ground. But we're sending money to them yeah. and, and weapons and all that. They're not part of NATO. James, can, no I, James can I ask you something? <clears throat> James, let me ask you something. Have you ever seen anything like they are? Have you ever seen the country in the state that it is right now? Uh, no, not, not. Okay. Bad. So you're, no, you're saying, you're bad. saying, okay, I okay, know, no, but you're saying that you have never seen things like this before. You have never seen people possibly so motivated to change things in Washington, D.C. Yet you are saying the Republicans are going to do the same things that they always have in Washington, D.C., right? I, I truly believe that. I mean, I'm, okay, I'm okay, okay. Going, I, I understand. Thinks the same way that I. Do. I understand. I understand. But I would venture to say that our uh, activism, our involvement, does not end on November the eighth. It begins on November the ninth, and we've got to hold these bastards accountable. And I don't care what but it takes. But, if it means but, flooding, but look, it, Rob, now, now Rob, James, you you're going to give me. You're going to give me. Good. You could you, say that. If you want to sit around, listening to us, Rob, they're not listening. Okay, to the James. Voters. Then don't vote, James. What's the point? 
If you just want to sit around and you want to complain about what could happen, then honestly, don't vote. I'm not meaning to come down on you, James, but dang it, I get so tired of, what's the point in voting? They're just going to do say, it anyway. I didn't, say that. I didn't say I wasn't going to vote. What I'm saying is... I, I didn't say we you were. When we vote... The people that we do put in there when we vote, they don't. They don't do. They do the opposite of what we want. I understand, un James. I understand. And the last thing I'm trying and to do is be I'm adversarial with you. What's the? But what's the solution, Jim? What's the solution? Is there a solution, James? Yes, for the conservatives that we're voting in right now. Yes, is to call out McCarthy and McConnell and 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 boom. How come the people don't have a choice to get them out of there as leadership? Because well, because we're not members of Congress. They're, they're anti-Trumpers. I'm a MAGA. I'm a MAGA guy. I love. I know, bro. Yeah. But that's well, what we got to do. And I don't hear the conservatives boom. we're putting in there okay. calling for that to get out to to have a vote to try to put new leadership. Okay. In there. Now let me let me explain why. And I I'm glad that we got to this point in this conversation, James, because you sound like you're not going to let things end on November the ninth. That's great. Now. A lot of times, some of these new candidates, these freshmen, and there are several who are saying, uh, you know what, I don't care. But, you know, they're afraid of purse strings right now. They are keeping their powder dry until after the election. Because right now, uh, McConnell is essentially a, uh, a kingmaker because he's the guy who steers the funds. Fortunately, there are other PACs and other organizations have come in and stepped up where he has it. And then also, fortunately, James, that uh, just because McConnell isn't spending money on different races doesn't mean that... Uh, they're not going to, our Republicans aren't going to win. Because right now, people are so pissed off and the wave is so grand, it won't matter if Mitch McConnell sends $9 million to Katie Chewbacca. Okay, so you know what I mean? So, what I would venture to say, and I'm glad you called today, thank you, sir, is do exactly what you said. Rather than just saying, woe is me, they're not going to do anything, hold them accountable. You can do it. Do you that, can do Rob. it. How do we do that when they don't even answer the phone when you try calling? Well, you know what? Then we might have to take it to Washington, D.C. We might have to shut this sucker down. We might have to shut this sucker down. We might have to shut it down like they're, like they're doing in Brazil. And I hope this blows up in Brazil in their bloody faces. I hope it blows up in their bloody faces because they did the same damn thing they did here in 2020, and it's got to stop there. And if it doesn't stop there, it's got to stop here. What is, what is your I don't think we should keep funding. Ukraine's a joke. It's a slush fund. It's the most okay. corrupt government in the history of the world, exactly. and America's oligarchs have gone there to, uh, to launder money. Joe Biden yeah, started that Tom years Tom ago. He said he's going to continue to support them. Well, then, then we need to get on uh, Tom Cotton's ass and get him off of it. Uh, honestly, right. we, we cannot. I appreciate your call. Keep your passion, James. Keep your passion. Get your congressional uh, representative's office. Give them hell. Do whatever you have to. And if all else fails, we'll shut this mother scratcher down. We'll stop. We won't go to work. We'll do whatever it takes. But we're going to turn this around. We're going to start on November the 8th. We're going to hold them accountable on November 9th. And if they don't do anything, we're going ballistic on this nonsense. Not in a violent fashion, but you don't have to produce. You don't have to be their means of production and their means of income. It can stop. You've had enough. I've had enough. It's time to change things. Coming up, Joe Pinion running against Chuck Schumer in New York. Going to join us live on the show. Don't go anywhere. The left has been trying to get you to hate America for 50 years. And we're fighting it and we're fighting it hard. Guess what? It ain't working. It's the Rob Carson Show. Chuck Schumer is a dinosaur. 
And on his watch, like my friends here, the American dream is about to go extinct. I'm sorry, guys. It's true. You're dead. For 42 years, Chuck Schumer has been down in D.C., gaining power in our name. And what do we have to show for ourselves? Inflation that is bankrupting our families, crime that is terrorizing our communities, schools that are failing our children. That is an ad for Joe Pinion for U.S. Senate. He is running against Chuck Schumer. He has been in Washington, D.C. for a very long time. That is a parody of Jurassic Park, by the way, which I actually did in the original Jurassic Park about Washington, D.C. I did a parody for Rush Limbaugh called Geriatric Park, making fun of the same dinosaurs who've been in Congress, and things haven't changed but God willing, people like Joe Pinion will, and Joe Pinion joins us on the Newsmax Hotline right now. How are you, sir? Good to be with you again, my friend. It's been too long. How are you? Uh, good, buddy. I haven't talked to you since I got to hang out with you last year in New York. This was even before you uh, decided to run for Senate. And I remember and I hope that I made it clear to you that uh, I met a lot of people in New York. But I got to tell you, Joe, uh, you as a guest, you as a person, you really stood out. And I am just so pleased that you decided to do this. Uh, let's talk about uh, the campaign thus far. I saw the uh, I saw the debate. I thought that uh, you did a great job. I thought that Shucker was a shuck, the Shucker. He's a he's a Shucker. He is. Uh, I thought that Chuck was uh, uh, dismissive at times, um, but I thought you owned it. Uh, what kind of feedback have you gotten uh, with regard to the debate? And how's the campaign going in New York? Look, I think that we've got uh, we've received great feedback post debate. Uh, now we're walking down the street. And street people are saying, "Oh, we saw the debate." So uh, we think we gave people a clear contrast that the Senate Majority Leader has no new plans. That his plans and solutions are stale, but more importantly, they don't work. And that on that stage, he promised that he was open to packing the Supreme Court. He said he wanted to mandate jabs for our children. He said he wanted to be open to potentially putting masks back on the face of our beautiful children. And so at this moment, we have to tell people that what Chuck Schumer does in the name of New Yorkers, it impacts the entire nation that we call home. And whether you are left of Bernie Sanders, whether you are right of Donald Trump, we cannot afford six more years of this man, Charles Ellis Schumer. And so we need everybody out there to go to JoePinion.com, to call their friends and family members that live in New York and say that Joe Pinion's on the brink of helping New Yorkers make history and break the back of one-party rule once and for all. Well, Joe, it's been a, uh, a tough slog, I'm sure, for you because of the political machinery in New York, particularly surrounding uh, Chuck Schumer. We all know that it is very hard, very hard to unseed sitting senators. Uh, and and, uh, and a lot of attention has been focused, let's face it, on the uh, on the governor's race in the state of New York. Um, what are you doing to get the word out? Uh, and, and do you suppose that the debate maybe have uh, it really helped you as far as uh, getting you on the radar with others who thought maybe this opinion was kind of a gimme for Chuck Schumer? Well, look, I think there are a lot of people who, after that debate, you know, are coming up to us and saying, man, I, I wish we'd gotten on board sooner. And I say, better late than never. And so for us, you know, a rising tide does lift all ships. And the attention that governor's race has received has certainly helped us. Uh, it's almost like the battering ram that we didn't need because it already is opening up doors uh, down the road for us. So 
at this juncture, if there are enough votes to elect a Republican governor in the state of New York, which I believe there are, uh, those same voters are coming to fill out the same ballot with our name on it in our yes. quest to unseat Chuck Schumer. So we yes. believe that there are 47 percent of New Yorkers today that will never vote for Chuck Schumer again. It's going to be a turnout game, but we know for a fact that he is gasping uh, to stay above 50 percent. Yes. The people that we know want to keep America first, want to make America great. Uh, those people show up. 3.3 million people yeah. voted for Donald Trump in 2020, lest we forget, in the state of New York. They all show up again in this election. We're going to win this thing in a landslide. We're going to be on a jumbotron in China because the whole world's going to know. <laughs> Trump Schumer yeah. uh, just lost after 42 years down in D.C., doing very little for us and, and everything you destroy the core tenets of this nation that we love. One of the things that I talk about, Joe, and I've been talking about this for all of my career in broadcasting for 30 years, and that is the crisis in the black community, particularly in the inner cities. And Democrats have never done anything. Never done a damn thing, Joe. You've got 13 times the national average black-on-black crime in major cities, more babies aborted than born in places like New York City, in places like Atlanta. You've got fatherless homes at an 80% in many cities, and the Democrat Party does nothing, not a damn thing for the black community. Your election would be historic because you'd be defeating Chuck Schumer, but also let's not forget the historical significance of a black senator from the state of New York. What does that mean to you and for those who have been hung out to dry by the Democrat Party, what are you going to do? Well, look, I mean, you know, let's forget, right? You know, part of the reason why I had the opportunity to become the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate is because of the opportunity of a lifetime that was given to me by Chris Ruddy uh, to have my own show on Newsmax. And when I decided to leave Newsmax, as I told him, uh, it wasn't because I was ungrateful. It's because I simply believe that we had a country to save, and the person that was destroying it was a man named Charles Ellis Schumer. So here we are with an opportunity that we had to become the first black man ever nominated for U.S. Senate in the history of New York State by either party. Uh, I didn't believe that we could pass up that opportunity given the stakes that you were just describing, because there's an untold story of pain and suffering in New York State that must end on Chuck Schumer's watch. Rochester, New York, now has more murder per capita than Chicago, Illinois. On Chuck Schumer's watch, Syracuse, New York, now has the highest child poverty rate in the country for any major city. And the vast majority of the people getting murdered in Rochester, the vast majority of the children living in poverty in Syracuse, and all across our state, by the way, because one out of every three black children in New York State lives in poverty on Chuck Schumer's watch. These are conditions that are constricting opportunity for black communities, for minority communities. Chuck Schumer hasn't done a damn thing about any of it. And so we knew that this was going to be a once-in-a-generational opportunity to make these arguments, to talk about these issues in a year where the person who was bringing us these deplorable conditions could finally get the comeuppance they deserve. Uh, and we also look at uh, uh, Chuck Schumer has been a, uh, a lightning rod uh, toward violence in this country. He's used violent rhetoric against uh, Supreme Court justices and uh, and whatnot. We also know that Chuck Schumer presided over a uh, shutdown of the country that uh, Democrats and COVID dictators uh, ushered in, allowed children. And, and this is really troubling because uh, for most kids, uh, most kids are behind six months, maybe a year. But for children, uh, minority 
children, two and a half years of their education completely ruined by the COVID shutdowns, the COVID dictators, one of them being Kathy Hochul, by the way, who, like Chuck Schumer, is still down with uh, masking our children, which ruined them, uh, and then also for uh, to mandating a, a vaccine. Uh, what, are, what are your main, uh, as far as, like, for instance, crime, What what is uh, your main uh, platform when you get to Washington, D.C., what are you going to work with other centers to get accomplished immediately? Well, look, I think uh, things that you can do, it seems uh, pie in the sky, but it has a big impact on everything. Stop allowing the government to be held to a lower standard in the private sector. And what do I mean by that? Okay, let's talk about our public schools, right? You're sending black mothers in Ohio to jail for sending their child to school in the wrong zip code. Fine. But who do I get to send to jail when I send children to a schoolhouse for 13 years, paid for by taxpayer dollars, and they walk out not knowing what they need to thrive in this world? When 60% of all the children that attend public schools in New York do not read at grade level. When 70% of the black students that took the math exam at the State Board of Regents in New York City just failed it. So, again, that's child abuse brought to us by the government. If we stop allowing government to be held to a lower standard, we can end it. Public housing, we're $40 billion behind in repairs. There is lead in the, in the paint. There's arsenic in the drinking water. And what are they doing to hold people accountable? Nothing. If you own those buildings, my friend, you'd be in prison. They'd purple yes, sir. and put you under the jail. But the government yes, controls these buildings where 600,000 New Yorkers live. Right, that would make it one of the largest cities in the country. And yet, there is zero accountability. Chuck Schumer hasn't opened a single investigation. So again, we can demand that government no longer gets to indemnify themselves against abuses of the public trust that we would never tolerate from anyone who is, is, is living in the private sector. And yeah. I think that across the board has a transcendent impact on the type of America that we are delivering to the next generation, crime specifically, uh, the solution is quite clear. We're going to say if you want to change policing policies, defund police, you better come to me with a solution that shows us uh, on, from a data-driven perspective that it's going to save lives. Otherwise, you're going to have to do your hamster experiment on society without <laughs> the federal tax dollars you need to do it. Right? I love it. So I love it. Those federal programs whether it's education, whether it's public safety, or no matter you name it, the crack pipes as equity that they like to hand out, they all use federal dollars to do it. So if we tell them they can't have the federal dollars to come up with these cockamamie plans, you'd be surprised how quickly they would go away. That, to me, is a holistic but very specific way that we change the direction and trajectory of this country and reorient ourselves towards what is good for people, not what is expedient for the politics. Now, I have been getting calls, and I get a lot of uh, woe-is-me Republicans calling, and they say, well, what's the point in voting? Because, you know, they're just going to go there and support Chuck Schumer and Kevin McCarthy, and, you know, they're not going to listen to what we have to say. I would assume you are not beholden to, uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, Mitch McConnell. Let's be very clear. Mitch McConnell hasn't given me uh, any money in this race. Uh, and at this point, what we're focused on is doing what is right for the 19 million and shrinking the call in New York State home. We lead the nation in outward migration for a reason. One million of our friends and neighbors have fled. That has very little to do with Mitch McConnell and everything to do with the fact that Chuck Schumer has allowed our empire state to descend into a state of decline. So we're going to do everything humanly possible to fight for New Yorkers uh, on every issue, 
uh, at every point on, on the political spectrum. And I think for me, uh, that's not about left versus right. It's simply about right versus wrong. What has occurred to New Yorkers on Chuck Schumer's watch has been too wrong for too long. And with the help of the people coming out, we're going to end that tyranny of one-party rule on November 8th. We're going to beat Chuck Schumer. Uh, I hope so, buddy. heard around the world. And uh, yeah. I think that people are going to start to realize that Joe Pinion wasn't so crazy after all. Perhaps no. he just believed, as many have, that we shouldn't have to flee our home to live our American dream. I, I absolutely love it, Joe. And if you are going to devote uh, Zeldin and you uh, go ahead and check uh, Schumer, you're canceling out your vote for Zeldin. If you are going to vote and you are going to turn uh, New York around, you have to vote down ticket conservative and you have to vote Joe Pinion rather than Chuck Schumer. And if you're going to vote against Kathy Hochul, you have to vote against Chuck Schumer. They are rubber stamps for the same policies that have got us to where we are. Joe, uh, your, your uh, website is JoePinion.com, www.JoePinion.com. Uh, where are you going to be this weekend, man? Look, I'm currently driving to Rensselaer for a rally with Elise Stefanik, Congresswoman from uh, North Country, as well as uh, Lee Zeldin, obviously our nominee for governor, the Congressman from NY1. So we're going to turn out the vote. We're going to do something no one thought was going to happen. New York is going to go red. We're going to fire Kathy Hochul. We're going to retire Charles Ellis Schumer. We're going to bring back dignity to this state and direction for this nation. And people can think we're crazy, but I'm telling you right now, if we show up, we will win. 3.3 million New Yorkers voted to make America great again, to keep America great, to put America first. We've seen what two years of America last can do. New York, we need you to come out. Call your friends. Call your neighbors. Sally yes. down the block that you can't stand. This is the year we're going to get the job done. We're going to send Chuck Schumer to retirement home of politics once and for all, folks. Joe, God bless you. Godspeed. I, like I said, you are an impressive person. You are an impressive candidate. And I hope and pray that we do see an upset like New York has never had. It'll turn the world upside down. Safe travels, my friend. And I wish you all the best on Tuesday. And I hope on the 9th we'll be able to celebrate your position as a senator in the United States of America. My, from your lips to God's ears, my friends. God bless you. Talk to you. <laughs> All right, brother. Talk to you soon. That is Joe Pinion, people. It's Joe, P-I-N-I-O-N dot com. If you live in New York, you cannot vote for Lee Zeldin and not vote for Joe for Senate. Because if you do, you're just canceling out your vote. Vote straight ticket conservative Republican in New York to affect change that New York desperately needs, and so does the rest of the country. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. DHS, IRS, CDC, HHS, all complete BS. It's the Rob Carson Show. I want to thank Joe Pinion for being on the show. He is uh, running against Chuck Schumer. And I got to tell you guys, I met him last year. Before he ran, I met him in the uh, the Newsmax uh, building, broadcasting live. Uh, uh, two stories up and right across the street from where Rush Limbaugh got his start. And... He's one of the most impressive people I've ever spoken to. He's one of the, the most well-spoken people I've ever spoken to. When you talk to him, you want to listen to every word he has to say. When I was just listening to the interview that I did with him, he crafts his verbiage so well. And I like to consider myself to be somewhat of a wordsmith, I guess. I mean, I, I've tried to 
learn to speak well and, and share my opinions concisely uh, and intelligently over the years. And when I talk to Joe, I just I'm, I just go, wow, wow, just wow. And this is a really funny. On his, on his website, it has the, uh, this uh, Chuck Schumer is a dinosaur. It's a parody of Jurassic Park. And I want you to listen to this. And I have something to share that I did for Rush Limbaugh uh, back in about 1992 or so, or 93, when uh, Jurassic Park the movie came out. Those D.C. dinosaurs, the career politicians, they have wasted our time, shattered our dreams, and spent all of our money. And now that the meteor is here, they're rather placed to blame and solve the problem. The uh, meteor, of course, is the, uh, the Republican wave that's going to sweep them out of office. I'm Joe Pinion, and I'm running for U.S. Senate against Chuck Schumer. Now, here's something I did for uh, Rush. And I was a kid in my 20s, uh, you know, and uh, a, a conservative. I, I kind of knew I was conservative in college, didn't really. I was a late-term uh, Rush baby. I still could be aborted, but I chose to live. Anyway, and, and I noticed all these people at the time, there were all these dinosaurs in Washington, D.C. who had been there forever. And this was on the heels of scandals like the Capitol Hill Bank scandal. That was the first bit I did for Rush. Where I ended up getting in his book over it because the, the Capitol Hill, they, the Congress had their own bank. And they could borrow money from it, write checks on it, checks for millennials. It's a piece of paper that you, it takes money out of your checking account. Anyway. Uh, and I and I th- there was that scandal. That was the first big scandal that I wrote satire about, because they literally did just they, and they never paid back. You could go in and you could uh, you could uh, you know write a check for a thousand dollars and 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 get the money and send it to the bank and the bank would let it bounce and wouldn't even care. And that's the kind. Of, and then the same thing with the Capitol Hill Post Office did the same thing. So I did this when uh, when <laughs> Jurassic Park came out, and I think you'll see the similarities. This summer, you can take your family to the only place on Earth where living fossils roam in their natural environment. Congressional House Pictures presents Steven Spenberg's Geriatric Park. Now listen to this, because all of the dynamics are the same in Washington, D.C. 30 years later. Nothing has changed. Stand back there, Billy. It's 2 o'clock. Senator Metzenbaum could wake up at any minute. Scientists have cloned the cells of New Deal Democrats, and despite their harmless appearance, they can be extremely dangerous. <laughs> oh my God, Tom Foley is coming toward me. What do I do? Don't worry. They never attacks you when you stand totally still. Stare into his eyes and hand him your checkbook. Geriatric Park, where disaster awaits at every corner. Hey, Jerry, uh, where the heck is your wife? She fell into the entitlement topics. Oh, jeez, <laughs> well, at least the government will cover those funeral expenses, huh? Oh, good point. Geriatric Park, home of the frightening Barney Francis Liberalis, the Carol Mosley Brontosaurus, and who could forget their leader, the granddaddy of them all. What? What the heck is that? Oh, my God. It's the Arkansas Tax and Spendus. The Arkansas Tax and Spendus was uh, Bill Clinton. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. Second hour of the Rob Carson Show, five days away from Election Day, Tuesday, less than a week before Election Day, Republican Party is ahead 
of uh, the Democrats in 25 of the last 30 generic ballot polls. The five outlets, uh, outliers represent only two pollsters, the far-left Politico and Economist YouGov. Otherwise, uh, pretty much uh, we are going to kick their butts, provided there isn't a lot of uh, election chicanery. Um, That's what they are saying. So uh, people are uh, tired. People are sick. People have seen the uh, abuses and usurpations, and they are not going to take it anymore. Uh, Oddly enough, uh, Barack Obama is going to be in uh, Pennsylvania. uh, He's going to be campaigning for John Fetterman on Saturday in an effort to uh, boost the candidate in the Senate race with Mehmet Oz. Uh, That night, by the way, in Latrobe, Doug Mastriano and Donald Trump will take the stage, and it will be epic. It will be gigantic. It will be broadcast on Newsmax television. I will be on before the uh, the speech, and I will be on after the speech because my TV show, Rob Carson's What in the World, will be right after that. So you don't want to miss it. You don't want to. Oh, by the way, uh, the Fed's interest rate. Yeah, they just cracked it up another uh, uh, seventy-five basis points, which means three quarters of a percent. So average mortgage payments going to spike another two hundred bucks. Buying a car going to be a lot more expensive. Uh, let's see what auto auto loan payments expected to surge. Mortgage rates hitting 7.16% last week, well above the rates seen in the 2008 Great Recession. Remember that? Remember that? We have neighbors, they just sold their house. They, if they would have sold it nine months ago, they would have made $100,000 more. But they didn't. So they sold it. They got out of it. They're paying cash, so they're not going to worry about the interest rates. But unless you have cash, you know, you're going to get screwed you are going to get screwed, uh, and uh, you know what? A lot of um, a lot of uh, media outlets are beginning to get it. They're seeing the writing on the wall. CNN, for instance, who, by the way, just they're getting rid of Jake Tapper in uh, prime time. He failed. He did a face plant because he's, uh, he's he's supposed to be a journalist. He's never been a journalist, and now they put him in charge of a show, and nobody wants to watch it. He's not interesting. Doesn't offer a unique perspective. He's just a hackneyed old reporter uh, trying to do a television show, and uh, generally it doesn't work. So Jake the Snake is uh, moving day parts, as did Don Lemon, by the way. Don Lemon is in Morning Drive sharing delightful summer salad recipes in the mornings. Uh, here he is uh, talking to Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs running against Carrie Lake in, uh, in uh, Arizona. And Katie Hobbs will not debate Carrie Lake because she knows that she'd get uh, stomped into the mud by Carrie Lake. And here is uh, Don Lemon actually asking a question and following up on a Democrat, I know. Why not debate your opponent? If you believe your opponent is, you know, has issues in the spreading conspiracy theories uh, about a stolen election and so mm-hmm. on, and it's not being truthful with the, the people of Arizona, why then not get on the debate stage and, and debate her? You know, not only is Carrie Lake... Uh, she talks like she's like 12. Uh, she does. I mean, seriously, she's like at her 50s, and she sounds about 12. As she centered her entire platform around this election denialism. Um, I didn't want to give her a bigger stage to do that. I absolutely deny the 2020 election. It's my opinion, and it's based in fact. But additionally, she has shown that she's not interested in having any kind of substantive conversation. Um, yeah, he is. That, or she is. She's actually challenging you to a debate, you see. Um, she's only interested in creating a spectacle. But and I you, if you were co- in the same space with her, wouldn't, you be, wouldn't it be easier to knock it down in front of everyone, in front of the most people? Because you're not stopping her. Call the arena of ideas. From spreading. Yeah. You have a certain amount of time to speak, and the other person does, too. Whatever you believe that you she know, is spreading, by not debating her, she can go 
on television she can talk about it. She can go in front of the, the people of Arizona every single day and talk about well, it. Well, you're a coward. That's the reason. But, but you're not confronting her on it. And it seems like it would be an easy fix if you stood up on a debate stage and, and confronted her. Yeah, that'd be the common sense thing to do. About these issues. Look, we're six days out from the election, and our campaign strategy is our campaign strategy. So we're moving forward. You know, she's like a term complete demlet because she sounds like she's 12 and she up talks all the time. Adults usually don't talk that way. Forward, I'm continuing to make my case to the voters of Arizona. Yeah, you're going to lose. And you should, because you're a. Uh, mm, mm, I can't say it. Can't say it. I'd like to, but I can't. And I won't, because, you know, I'm above that. Thank you very much. I Well, not much I am above, actually. Uh, you know, I know I'm behind on a couple things, like my, uh, well, I think the utility bill might be a little behind. But anyway, we're catching up. We're catching up. Uh, let's, uh, oh, this is kind of interesting. So, <clears throat> Carrie Lake is uh, is showing people how to, how to do it. She is the template for a candidate for the Republican Party. She's doing awesome. And uh, one grotesque ad, uh, literally paid for by the Lincoln Project, I understand, features uh, Gladys Sicknick. Uh, she is the mother of Brian Sicknick. Brian Sicknick is a police officer, Capitol Police officer, who was a Trump supporter, by the way, who died of a stroke January the 7th. It was not related to anything. He wasn't hit by a, uh, uh, a fire extinguisher, nothing like that. The only person murdered on Capitol Hill was a uh, Trump supporter uh, who was crawling through a window, and she was shot at point-blank range by a Capitol Police officer, and there is no investigation whatsoever of the murder. But here is the ad that they're running featuring Brian Sicknick's mom. I'm Gladys Sicknick. I'm the mother of Brian Sicknick, the Capitol Police officer who died defending our country on January 6th. Carrie Lake is very dangerous. He died on January the 7th. ...for our country. She saw what happened on January 6th and continues to spread the big lie. And we're going to have more violence because people, they believe whatever she says. It's very dire for our democracy, for our country, with candidates like Carrie Lake. My son died because of people like Carrie Lake. And that is, um, and, and you know, you don't want to, obviously, mom is grieving. She lost her son. I get it. I get it. But that doesn't mean you can blame your son's death on Carrie Lake. That is not right. That is not right. I am sorry for the loss of your son. I can't even I can't even imagine what it feels like. And you know what else I can't imagine? I can't imagine scum sucking pigs like the Lincoln Project using a mother in that fashion. Here is Carrie Lake being asked about this by a reporter who wants to, you know, pin her against the wall, and this jerkweed literally gets Brian Sicknick's mom's name wrong. Listen to this classy response. Uh, Chris Bentley from CBS News. Hi, Chris. I don't know if you've seen this ad attacking you. That's Wh the, which one? <laughs> which one? <laughs> which one, Chris? The, uh, the, the mother of Brian Sicknick, the Capitol Police officer that died uh, the day after January 6th. She, in, in an attack ad, is saying that people like you specifically are responsible for her son's death. I'm curious. What do you think when you hear that? What's her name? The mother of Brian Sicknick? Yeah. I think it's Cindy Sicknick. Okay, so the guy was ultimately unprepared. He only had the gotcha question. He knew there was an ad featuring Brian Sicknick's mom. Aha! Yeah, you might want to know the mom's name is Gladys, jerkweed. Cindy, I just want to say to Cindy Sicknick, I'm so sorry about the death of your son. It, it is tragic. I'm a, a mother myself, and that is, uh, it breaks my heart. A, that is a wound when you lose a child, no matter how old they are, that never heals. 
And so I don't want to disparage her. She doesn't know me. I wasn't anywhere near the Capitol on January 6th. And I understand that her son died, I think, the following day of a stroke or natural causes. And I that's true. I feel for her and I, I see the pain in her eyes. And I would never try to disparage or hurt her because I know when a mother has pain like that, there's no way to heal that. And that's why I feel for these moms and dads who hit me up on the campaign trail and they grab me. And you can spot them. From a uh, now, she answered the question with regard to Gladys Sicknick. Okay. She did. She answered it. And here's where she pivots to what's important to other mothers and fathers in the country who are worried about their kids. Across the room, there is a, a loss in their lives that can never be replaced. And we're losing thousands of young people. When they tell me they lost a son to fentanyl, when they lost a daughter to fentanyl poisoning, um, this is why we are pushing so hard. I'm not seeing a lot of ads for uh, parents who, uh, you know, lost their kids to fentanyl poisoning because of the breach of our southern border. I'm not seeing a lot of that. I think we should see more of that, to be quite honest, because there's a really good chance that you know somebody who uh, has a friend or a family member who lost their lives to fentanyl. In fact, I would venture to say there's a good chance that you probably have more of a connection to someone who died of a drug overdose in this country than you do uh, some young person who died exclusively from COVID. Right? Yeah. Right. Oh, by the way, the suspect who raided Hob, Katie Hobbs' headquarters in, uh, in, in Arizona was a Portuguese illegal immigrant. Yeah, uh, Katie Hobbs tried to blame this on uh, Carrie Lake and her campaign. Carrie Lake said, I don't even know where your damn headquarters is. Seriously? Seriously? It's a joke. And Joe Biden is trying to distract. He's trying to make this, this uh, and this is funny because all you and I care about is voting on Tuesday, right? That's all you and I care about. We're not out uh, violently doing crap. We're not looking for an excuse to burn things. We are just bound and determined to determine to get in early if we can, possibly vote in person, but if not, definitely ready to go on Tuesday. That's all we care about. We don't want to overthrow anything. We don't want to overtake anything. We don't want to burn down cities like Democrats did on Donald Trump's election, inauguration day, I should say, and, uh, and in the summer of 2020. None of that. We never have done it. We didn't lead the supposed insurrection on January the 6th. We went to see Donald Trump speak. And that, uh, that speech was infiltrated by leftists in a building that should have been completely secure. Should have been, they just built a billion-dollar visitor center on the other side of the Capitol. There's no way anybody should have been able to walk in that building, crack out a window, walk in, unless it was meant to be. And Nancy Pelosi, oddly enough, had a documentary film crew there that day to record her. It's weird. Kind of weird that way. Martha Raddatz was on ABC News last night, and uh, while uh, Joe Biden attempts to distract and distract and distract, all people care about is the economy and the state of the country. I think her rival's embrace of false election claims over 2020, she said that Adam Lack... Have you ever done a, uh, I'll just say to uh, David Muir, have you ever done an extensive story on election fraud in 2020? The answer would be No. Because the day after the election, questioning the election was verboten. They're doing the same thing in Brazil today. So helped, quote, fuel the mob on January 6th. You were on the ground in Nevada, and while I know this is a significant issue for many, still issue number one in that state, you heard from voters, the economy? 
Yeah, David, even if you ask voters about January 6th or election denial, they turn the conversation to the economy. That is what... For two reasons. A, uh, the election theft is real and denial of it is the big lie. And uh, we're worried about paying our bills. Matters to those voters. That is, of course, what Republicans are trying to focus on. But Democrats are urging Nevada voters to stick with them and trying to convince them they can turn it around. That's right. Eyes on the prize. The determined will not be deterred. Coming up, Joe Biden's speech last night. Your reaction, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden has always been a punchline. Now he's just a joke. It's The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden's speech coming up. Let me tee it up here real quick with something from Jim Gossett for your listening pleasure. To speak the impeachable speech. the line into sedition Joe's speech was one for the birds this was his quest not heal but divide and when he trashed mega Joe flat out lied his speech was a joke designed to incite hey bring it on Joe gotta know we're prepared You're impeachable. I gotta tell you, that's that's pretty impressive. Impressive, man. That was uh, <clears throat> that was quite a note. Uh, Jim Gossett did that. Two S's and two T's. Jim Gossett So uh, this from uh, PJ Media. Uh, White House declares GOP are not going to accept the election results. Where the hell did this come from? Nobody's questioning this. Nobody's saying this. All we know, we are determined. We will not be deterred. We are going to vote on Tuesday. That's what we're going to do. We are not going to let happen what we know in our hearts happened in 2020. And no matter how much you say that it was on the up and up and everything, it's not going away. I heard Megyn Kelly talking to me the other day, uh, talking about it the other day. Uh, Trump supporters who voted for Donald Trump, who wanted to see a second term for Donald Trump, they were in the majority. They are not letting it go. You could try it all you want. You can say that you're a denier. You could say you're a conspiracy all you want. And what I will say to you is bleep you is my freaking opinion. I have my facts that I have gathered. They are legit. No media outlet. No court has taken this case. And as far as every breath... For the rest of my life, I will contend that election was stolen. You can't take that from me. Nice try. But here is a KJP. She's a good little Marxist. Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about, for some reason, us not accepting the election results on Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to because the Democrats are going to get keel-hauled. Hold on. Let's try that again. Hold on one second. I do play my own audio, so this is my problem. I can't blame a producer. Damn it. Damn it. Here is uh, KJP. Yesterday, for some reason, people talking about Republicans not accepting the results on Tuesday. To what degree uh, could you characterize how much the Pelosi attack influenced the president's decision 
to give this address tonight. Uh, and by the way, nobody believes that uh, Paul Pelosi was attacked by a Trump supporter. How much of a catalyst is that? Nice try. And kind of as a related question, has the president... You know why? Because you'd have to be stupid to think that. Uh, made any personal outreach or considered... Because facts. ...making personal outreach to Republican leaders to ask them for a more forceful response uh, to condemn... That attack, other violence. Well, they already have, but we have no responsibility for it, and neither do any Trump supporters. Um, I understand the power of the bully pulpit tonight, but has he done any direct contact to Republican leaders? And I appreciate your question, and I understand your question. I'm going to start with the last one first. It should not be controversial to speak out against political violence. Uh, it then why didn't you say anything about the summer of 2020? should be something as, politi as political leaders. Why didn't you say anything about Inauguration Day, Donald Trump's Inauguration Day? Automatically do in a forceful way. And you all have reported on what happened uh, to Paul Pelosi and how horrific it was and how devastating it, it was and how dangerous uh, that action was. Uh, and the rhetoric that we're seeing, that rise of rhetoric that we are seeing, uh, you know, you have people out there who listen and who take that rhetoric very seriously. And so the president believes that it shouldn't have to, he, he shouldn't have to call them to say, hey, you need to condemn, condemn what happened. No, we already have. The only people who don't uh, condemn violence are leftists. And the violence is created by leftists. Here's Joe Biden teeing it up last night. He's saying once again, hey, hey, there's no believe. There's no reason to believe that 2020 was stolen. I mean, my God. Why? Who cares? What's driving us to the polls on Tuesday is not 2020. Why are you making it about 2020? Here it is. The great irony about the 220 election is that it's the most attacked election in our history. And yet, and yet, there's no election in our history that we can be more certain of its results. Really? What about the uh, 39,500 sworn affidavits that people saw uh, election chicanery? What about the half a billion dollars spent by Mark Zuckerberg? What about the DHS working with big social media to shut down uh, Hunter Biden's laptop story and any any uh, opinions by conservatives? What about the millions of emails from GOP uh, PACs and the GOP to uh, conservatives via Google, via Gmail that were canceled and are continuing to be canceled? Dear God in heaven, there is so much evidence that we got effed with in 2020, and that continues to happen. It's not even questionable anymore. And then Joe Biden goes on to say, hey, the vote could be late this week. We want Americans to vote. Next week. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. We know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. Yeah, that sounds like a hint of what they're trying to do and what they succeeded doing in 2020. They waited. They figured out how many votes they needed the next day after shutting down counting in these uh, battleground states, and then they came up with the votes. We won't be fooled again. And if you try it, it's going to get really big and really ugly. Chris Salcedo, Newsmax, coming up. If you don't like his opinion, see the First Amendment and get back to us. It's the Rob Carson Show.
I am looking forward to the big speech by Donald Trump Saturday night on Newsmax. Uh, Doug Mastriano will be on stage with him. And uh, God willing, he will become the next uh, governor of the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, Newsmax is the place to go every afternoon. You can watch this gentleman, Chris Salcedo, at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. He joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. How you doing today, bud? Hey, man. Great. Thank you. Uh, you got a million things on your plate today. you got a radio show. you got a TV show. Other than that, uh, did you get a chance to last night get to see the, uh, the president's divisive speech? He, like, took Philadelphia, and he put an exclamation point on it. What would you think? No, I think it, it was uh, I think everything you said and more. He's a hypocrite. He's out there decrying those who are already saying the elections are going to be stolen before the votes are cashed. Oh, you mean Hillary Clinton, who yeah. just came out and said uh, 2024's elections already being stolen. It's like, oh, so you mean like her or like the other Democrats who have made a career of denying elections they lose. These he, Joe Biden is not only a liar. Joe Biden is not only an individual who who uh, is dividing the country, he's also a hypocrite. And you remember what Rush used to say, Rob, all the time, yeah. that, that hypocrisy never attaches to the Democrat Party. And you know why it doesn't? It's because of the press. And that's, that's in the old days when the press had a monopoly on news and information. Thanks to Newsmax and some others out there, they no longer do. Yeah. I saw this yesterday, and it came as a little surprise. The White House declares that the GR GOP are not going to accept the election results. Now, this, if you look at the 80% of the population, both both parties say the country's going in the wrong direction. Everybody knows that the economy is terrible. Everybody knows uh, 25 out of 30 polls this morning I saw uh, show that uh, Republicans have the lead. Why in the hell would that suddenly show up? And all I could think of, and I, I know what my, my, viewer, my listeners are thinking, they're thinking uh, shades of Brazil. Brazil and Bolsonaro, shades of 2020 all over again. When you watched this last night, when you heard that out of nowhere yesterday, what did you have? To, what did you think about that? Uh, it, we're being set up. We're being conditioned. Uh, when Joe Biden said, "Hey, uh, you just got to get used to, uh, or you, you got to accept that sometimes it's going to take us days to find out the results of elections," and I said, "And he said that's the way it should be." And I, I said to myself, well, "No, no, wait a minute." Most everyone who is a voting age remembers a day when we used to go to the polls and we would have results that night at the latest the next day. And only in rare cases were these recounts dragged out for extended period of time. Now what Joe Biden is saying, oh, no, it's perfectly normal. It's the way it's always been where we have to wait days and days and days and days to get the results. And, of course, you know what everybody is thinking is that, well, uh, we're going to be waiting to see how many votes we have to overcome to make sure the quote-unquote right candidate wins. Yes. And, of course, which is always those in the uh, – the Wizards are smart and those who control things. It always has to be the Democrat Party. Yeah. But I, I've got to tell you, man, that this is – the Democrats – there's a Salcedo show axiom that says that they often project qualities onto others that they themselves have in abundance. Of course. And, and that's exactly what we're seeing right here. They are the ones who have consistently and constantly over the decades called into question elections. Now they're projecting onto others. Now, the uh, uh, there there is a wave coming. Uh, unlike uh, the election of 2020, there is not a presidential uh, contender at the top of the ballot, although this is a referendum on uh, Joe Biden. So I would venture to say that, like what happened in 2020, where everything down ticket was conservative, just like in Brazil. Everything was down ticket, and, and lo and behold, the socialist, the leftist, uh, ends up pulling out the victory by just a small percentage. This, to me... And 
and I said last night, this is the same damn thing that happened in 2020. I was watching, uh, I, I, I tune around and I watch uh, your show and I watch, I watch a little bit of Fox, I watch a little Tucker. Tucker last night had a, you know, hallelujah moment, uh, you know, and, and he talked about how this Bolsonaro election is very similar to what we, you know, they're trying to pull on us on this Tuesday thing. I said, hell, that Bolsonaro thing already happened in 2020. And Chris, he also said last night, and others are finally catching on, even though I've been saying this since the day after the election, that I have a right to question the election. And never in my life have I been told that what I have to say, my opinion is disinformation or misinformation. This on the heels of now we know that the DHS was knee-deep, knee-deep in big social media with Facebook and Twitter actively censoring conservative thought. So uh, what do you think, how do you think this is going to bode out um, with this election on Tuesday? Do you think that they could could engineer uh, an election upset by Democrats, an election steal, when you're not, you don't have a presidential ticket at the top? Okay, you've given me a lot to nibble on. So I know, let me, I know. Let me, let me, let me start. a run-on sentence there. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, 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 it's good. But, but let, me, let me start with the revelations that uh, with leaked documents that the Department of Homeland Security, let this sink in for a minute, folks. Your DHS was using your taxpayer-funded resources to collude with big tech to suppress your First Amendment right of free speech. Let that sink in for a moment. Your government, run by socialists, run by Democrats, run by totalitarians, they used your taxpayer dollars to engineer the suppression of your First Amendment rights. That is illegal. Mm -hmm. That is unconstitutional. Yeah. And I'm going to be asking Republicans today, hey, Cuckoo, think y'all might, might, might want to get that on your uh, radar screen. Yeah. Maybe protecting the Constitution might be something uh, that you might want to have under your hat there, Republican so-and-so. Now, to, to Bolsonaro and what happened in Brazil, folks, what you got to know about this Lula character, this Lula character is, is right out of the Castro playbook. Oh, yeah. This guy was in jail. The guy's a criminal. Mm -hmm. And so through the corruption of their courts, sound familiar? Yeah. Through the corruption of their courts, you have this guy released, his entire record expunged, so the guy gets out of jail and decides he's going to run for president. And of course, he's, he's held the office twice before. Mm -hmm. And this guy can't draw flies. Mm -hmm. This guy can't you know, fill up a, a Volkswagen bus full of supporters to come and see him and listen to him. And all of a sudden, he is now the president-elect of Brazil. And now you've got massive demonstrations because nowhere in Brazil do you run into anybody who was who was backing this Lula communist. I'm talking to a guy tonight, Rob, by the name yes. of Noel Fritsch. You yeah. probably know him. Yeah. Noel, through uh, National File, has discovered linkage between this questionable election in Brazil and the Communist Party of China yes. through their through their many tentacles they've got out there. And I'm going to ask Noel. How many of those tentacles reach lawmakers here in the United States? Yes, and I also heard reported last night that the CIA extended its tentacles into uh, Brazil before the election to tell Bolsonaro that uh, he has to accept the results of the election. I have oh. no doubt whatsoever that we had our hand in that because around the world they are rejecting this new world order socialism that has permeated our politics. There's no doubt about it anymore. I wasn't a believer. I thought that sounded like Alex Jones stuff. But there is a movement in the world uh, to take us down this socialist path. 
And so I don't doubt one little bit that Anthony Blinken and others were involved in this election in uh, in Brazil. I also, this headline this morning, now we know that uh, Alejandro Mayorkas had to admit that the disinformation governance board existed and they had already hired a leader for it. And then when the American people found out about it, they blew it up. All right. But this, according to the glorious UK Daily Mail, the FBI Cor- uh, Foreign Influence Task Force Chief Laura Demilov is now briefing social media sites on foreign disinformation threats still. She's tied to the decision that led Facebook and Twitter to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story in October of 2020. And uh, this reveals that the DAS, DHS continues involvement in suppressing or censoring, censoring what it deems harmful or false information online. So they're still doing it, Chris. And I got to tell you, to me, this is the biggest story of the year. Hunter Biden laptop is huge. But to know that the DHS became the Stasi, the DHS essentially turned Facebook and Twitter and our media into uh, into Izvestia and Pravda in the United States of America. We can't let this go, Chris. No, we can't. Instruments of of the American government to take away your constitutionally protected rights. Folks, I, I want you to think about And Rob, I don't have to tell you this. You know the history. Yeah. Uh, this world has always been uh, been populated with individuals and countries that want to take away rights and have a glorious communist revolution. How many of you are familiar with Cuba? How many are familiar with the former Soviet Union? How many of you are familiar with the Communist Party of China? These individuals, this effort never stopped. Mm -mm. It's just up until the Democrat Party, the new Democrat Party, and Joe Biden and Barack Hussein Obama, until they came into power. Uh, There were no allies for this movement in the United States because Americans heretofore had valued their freedom and their liberty. And we stood in stark opposition because of our Constitution, because of our rule of law. Both parties stood in opposition to this. Now, now you have the Democrat Socialist Party in the United States that is allied with this historical, ever-present desire of a minute few to rule over the masses. And now you have them in power, and they're called the Democrat Socialist Party. This should come as no surprise to anyone, but we have to stop being nice about it and remind everyone that if you vote for a Democrat, you are voting for someone who wants to shred the Constitution, get rid of your rights, prosperity, safety, and security. And that's the truth. I absolutely agree, and I think most people do. And and you you mentioned, and then I mentioned this a while back, the the main crux of the class of 1968. uh, Barack Obama was the progeny of the class of 1968. His political career started in the foyer of of, uh, Bernadine Dorn and Bill Ayers. They created the Weather Underground. You guys who are Vietnam veterans, you know these were the people who spat on you when you came back from war in airports. They were the ones, the hippy-dippy-dopey morons, who uh, ushered in the first generation of indoctrinated students. We call those millennials. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, Gen Z has kind of turned things around. But, Chris, the main crux of the argument of, of the class of 1968, the Marxist socialist movement that Barack Obama portended when he said we need to fundamentally change America, is that you have to hate America. And guess what? 
Most of us don't. We don't tear down statues. We don't sit during the national anthem. You ever seen a stadium where 90% of the people sat during the national anthem? No. Just some jackass on the side of the, of the, uh, of some millennial jackass on the side of the, uh, the field who's never been through anything, never had a war, never had any struggle, never had a civil rights struggle, but they're the ones who are kneeling. So Americans don't hate America, and that's why we're going to win, and that's why America, as founded, will be able to put this in the rearview, rearview mirror of our, of our history. I got to tell you, man, the, the, the idea – most Americans love America, and, and, and you have to – as you rightly point out, you have to hate America to be into this new world order, left-wing, government tells you what to do, uh, cradle-to-grave idiocy. Most Americans like their freedom. Most Americans like their uh, ability to live in safe neighborhoods. You know, it's not just Nancy Pelosi who deserves to have uh, police officers respond and to have her criminals kept in jail. Every American should be able to have that, should be able to feel safe and secure in their neighborhoods, not just Nancy Pelosi and Paul Pelosi. You know, Chris, we are out of time, brother, but I uh, definitely want to watch your show today at 4 o'clock. Uh, what else you got on the show today? I know you're working on it as, you, as your day progresses here, but what, what can we look forward to tonight? Because I watch you every, every day, bro. The preamble will, will feature uh, something that I think that we I, – I remember the great Rush Limbaugh, as I told you. Yep. He said, hypocrisy doesn't stick. I think it's up to people like you and me, Rob, to make sure that it does. Would you vote – I'm going to ask the question. Would you vote for a hypocrite? Are you a hypocrite? Do you appreciate hypocrites? And if you don't, maybe you shouldn't vote for one. And we're going to ask that question. All right, my brother, Chris Salcedo, I appreciate you. Uh, Where can people find you on social media? Oh, everywhere. Just go to chrissalcedo.com. I got the whole kit and caboodle. I got so many platforms. I couldn't even tell you that it would take an hour just to tell you all the all the names of those of those handles. So just go to chrissalcedo.com, look us up on social media, and you will find us. All right. Well, hopefully we will all have uh, something to be thankful for on the ninth and something very, very to be thankful for on Thanksgiving this year. Chris Salcedo, have a glorious day, bro. Amen, pal. Thank you. All right. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. There's only one Rob Carson on the radio. Oh, thank God. It's the Rob Carson Show. I uh, was looking online last night, and there was a good deal of talk about uh, uh, the fix is in. Joe Biden warns Americans several races will not be called for several days after the election, so be patient. And then yesterday we hear that uh, from the uh, White House... Uh, and from Corinne Jean-Pierre that uh, the White House declares the GOP are not going to accept the election results. Uh, All we care about is uh, the prize, which is Tuesday. So nobody's talking about that unless you are planning on doing something, unless you are planning on cheating. The Democrat Party is known for election stealing and cheating. They are. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There, we've seen these dominoes fall. We know that uh, Hunter Biden's laptop was was uh, censored by the DHS, working in concert with uh, the mainstream media and big social media. We know it. All of this s is going to hit the fan. Feces meet fan. Fan meet feces. We're tired of being played. That said, here's Joe Biden last night. Hey, man, we don't know about some of these races. You know, it'll be a couple days before we even know. And many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until after a few days after. Okay, first of all, we got to fix this. It's going to be same day, it's going to be paper ballots, and it's going to be uh, we know the winner that night. They do this in France of all places. They stopped the nonsense that we're doing back in the 70s. I know, France, crazy. Here is uh, Tucker Carlson talking about why the, uh, why the election steal talk, why the uh, accepting the results talk. Got it. 
So here we are less than a week before the Democratic Party is expected to suffer overwhelming losses in the midterm elections. Yes. And here you have the leader of that party, Joe Biden, commanding you not to complain about the election results. That is uh, rather odd, isn't it? We won't be fooled again. And if they try, there has to be hell to pay. Why is that? Well, and when I say hell to pay, I'm not talking about Joe Biden's hair. Let's see. Here's Joe Biden telling you that thanks to the changes, the many changes Democrats have made to our system of voting, all of which make voter fraud easier to commit, we may not know the results of the elections for a few days. But don't be alarmed. Everything is completely on the level. And whatever you do, do not ask questions or else you're a criminal. Yeah, that's what they're doing with the uh, Bolsonaro loss in Brazil. Even though Republicans, uh, cons- I should say conservatives, won down ticket. The only race which was uh, less than a percentage point was the socialist criminal winning. Kind of like what happened here in uh, 2020. Isn't that kind of weird? And here is uh, Joe Biden. He's, you know, he's trying to tamp things down here. Because, you know, you, if there's any question about the election, you know, we don't settle things with a, with a hammer. We don't settle our differences, America. With a riot. Oh, yeah, they try to tie in the uh, Republicans to the attack on Paul Pelosi by a bat guano crazy leftist who lived in Berkeley. Sure, lot, hotbed of conservatism, hotbed of MAGA Trump support. Nobody buys it, by the way. A mob or a bullet or a hammer. We settle them peaceably at the battle, at the battle box. At the battle box. What the, what the hell is he talking about? The BattleBot? Wasn't that a big show like back in the 90s? BattleBots. Yeah, here's a robot. And they're fighting another robot. Ballot box. Now, that's a uh, leftist um, uh, uh, riot in the summer of 2020, by the way. Yeah, so it kind of takes his argument and flushes it down the toilette. Uh, here's a little bit more from uh, Joe Biden's uh, awful speech last night. For democracies are more than a form of government. Their way of being, a way of seeing the world, a way that defines who we are. Why, why is he doing this speech? Tell me why he felt it necessary to do this speech. Because you and I aren't planning on stealing the election. You, all you and I are going to do is vote. And we're going to make sure that our vote counts. What we believe, why we do what we do. Democracy is simply that fundamental. Okay, here he is uh, preaching to us about democracy, even though he's never lived by any of the rules that he's espousing now. And again, I ask you, why did he do this speech? We must remember that democracy is a covenant. We need to start looking out for each other again, seeing ourselves as we the people, not as entrenched enemies. I thought I was a white supremacist. I thought I was a MAGA fascist. This is a choice we can make. This union. I have two words for him, and one of them I can't say on the radio. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Hey, guys, it's Rob Carson. I hope you enjoyed the best of The Rob Carson Show this weekend. If you don't know already, I am live in the famed Rush Limbaugh slot. Noon to 3 Eastern Standard Time on talk radio stations across the country. And the replay of every show is available everywhere you find podcasts. Just search Rob Carson Show or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast to see all available platforms. Make sure to check out my TV show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World? Follow me on social media. And above all, don't catch the stupid. (laughs) 